Hello and welcome to the MobiCast, the show where we discuss everything mobile marketing related as well as affiliate marketing, agency marketing, the whole nine yards. Today we are lucky to have Hugh Hancock on the program. Hugh has been considered an expert on internet marketing for over 20 years. He's built multiple successful web businesses, including one of his most successful online video channels in the world, Machinima, which has over 4 billion total video views. His work has been featured in the New York Times. He's been live on CNN and in media around the world from Entertainment Weekly to The Guardian. Currently, he uses affiliate marketing to fund his work as a video game producer and is STM Forum's Guardian of the Guides, curating, writing, and updating many of the most influential guides to affiliate marketing on the internet today. Welcome to the MobiCast, Hugh. How you doing? Thank you very much. Doing very well, thank you. Very good. So, uh, you are Carmen on the STM Forums. How long have you been with STM? It's a good few years now. I think, what is it? Um, it's going to be three or four years at this point. Um, Always hard to remember because affiliate marketing moves so fast. It feels like uh, much longer. Yeah. Uh, well, and you've had uh, multiple wins as an affiliate marketer. Uh, what what got you into performance marketing? Um, so uh, it's it's kind of simultaneously um, quite an unusual story and an absolute cliche. The cliche bit of it is essentially four-hour work week. Um, the less cliche bit is I've been marketing things on the internet for 20-odd years, primarily uh, working as an independent filmmaker distributing films online. And about probably seven years ago now, I got very tired of the conventional film industry and the conventional way of funding films, which involves a lot of grant funding, a lot of begging people for money, a lot of, uh, a lot of not having enough money to do what uh, you want to do. And I happened to be rereading the four hour work week at the time and thought, well, what the hell? I'll give this whole muse business idea a go. So essentially, I listed out every type of making money online activity I could think of and started systematically split testing them. Um, had a few successes, had a few colossal failures. Um, don't try and sell jewellery on the internet. That's not a good idea, at least not if you're not very good at it. Um, and eventually settled upon um, paid traffic, internet marketing. So, you know, arbitraging, DSP traffic um, and set going to selling, sending it to affiliate offers. And that kicked the ass of everything else I was trying. So I basically focused on doing that. And that provided me with the funding to make films, video games, comics, various other things, work with people like Brian Blessed, Joanna Lumley. It's been an interesting time. Very interesting. It's funny you bring up jewelry, actually, because my, as if, you know, in my previous life as a in-house affiliate marketer at, a, at an affiliate mm -hmm. network, my biggest win was actually a jewelry uh, campaign. It was bids.com, <laughs> the online jewelry auction. I was driving leads for them, and we just sold millions of dollars of, uh, of jewelry. And in fact, my biggest personal... I call it my claim to lame, which was when Sarah mm. Palin, her email was hacked. Her Yahoo mail was hacked. And there was a picture of her email account sent around the world via, you know, anonymous or someone like that. And right on the bottom of her Yahoo mail account was an, uh, a creative for bids.com that I had designed. <laughs> so I, 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 I got this amazing rush that, you know, I had maybe sold Sarah Palin some you know, crappy Eastern European jewelry, or at least she was, I had found a way to target her, that she was in my target audience. I, I was kind of plussed about that. So, so don't write off jewelry necessarily, but there's, you know, few and far well, between I, successes. I think jewelry is one of those things. Like there's, there's quite a lot of these things in, in the affiliate business where it's, 
setting up the actual offer is hideously difficult and you need an awful lot of very specialist knowledge. I mean, pin submits would be the classic example. Um, but, you know, if you can find a good offer in that space, obviously it has a, it has a lot of appeal. And it's one of those things where many times you're better off being an affiliate, I think, than actually running the company. I think so. And in this case, you're probably – I was better off being – sort of more acting like an agency in a way where we, we yeah. were already driving leads for this company and then I came in there and said, okay, well, let's evolve the relationship and they really opened up their platform and we were really able to sort of work together to, to you know, to show the, the jewelry that's working best. Like I got more access than a typical affiliate mm-hmm. marketer would get, uh, yeah. which yeah, I yeah. think really benefited it. Yeah. Um, so just let's take a minute here before we go dive into the affiliate marketing world. I'm just so interested in, in some of these other passions that you have that you're, I, I love the story that you're using affiliate marketing to fuel um, these other really creative pursuits. And it's, it's it's really great to hear. So talk a little bit about what's currently your obsession. Well, currently what I am actually doing to the, to the exclusion of affiliate marketing to a large extent, uh, because I have uh, done the classic affiliate thing of transitioning into a product owner is uh, virtual reality and not just any type of virtual reality, but what's called room scale, which is basically where you're actually standing up you're walking around, you have the headset on, so you're seeing a virtual world, but you, and you're walking around in it, you're interacting with things with your hands. Um, I've produced my um, first um, game for that, came out a couple of months ago, did, did um, fairly well, and uh, just building the brand at the moment. But it's, that, is, that is astonishing. I'd been a filmmaker for nearly 20 years beforehand, and I was um, getting pretty despondent about the state of film, because in 2016, it's, it's not a happy industry. Um, and I'd been following virtual reality, but um, ha- it hadn't really clicked with me. And I bought the first room scale um, headset, which is the first the first headset where you can actually walk around, as I say. Um, basically just because, well, you know, I'm an affiliate. It's a few hundred dollars. What the hell? I'll have a look at it. There is a small chance it's going to be amazing. Um, the thing sat around in my hall for three hours because I was really busy with some uh, actually preparing for an SDM conference, uh, or an AWA, con- a- AW conference, rather. Um it sat around in my hall for the entire day until I finally thought, well, this thing's a, in a massive bloody box. It's really getting in the way of uh, going anywhere in the flat. I should probably actually set it up and try it out. So I put the thing together, attached it to my computer, spent two hours in it, came out, uh, put every single project I was working on on hold and said, right, this is what I'm doing for the next five years. Nice. And so you have, you, you actually have, it. which platform are you building for again? It's the... Uh, building for the HTC Vive. HTC Vive and is the game live in the wild now? Are you getting uh, yes, critical feedback? How, yes, how what's yes, the feedback? Um, um actually pretty close to overwhelmingly positive. Um 84% positive reviews last time I looked. Um no, people say people absolutely love it. It's really it's really nice. It's partially because I'm doing one of the few story-based experiences because I'm coming at this from my perspective as a filmmaker, someone who, you know, crafts narratives and lets people have experiences and experience atmosphere whereas a lot of the other games are more kind of classically arcadey games mm-hmm. which people are getting a little tired of because there's hundreds of them that's pretty interesting again plug it what's it called it's called left hand path um it's available on steam now if you have a vive headset then you can jump in and explore it very um, interesting i warn you i have had exactly one playtester who hasn't screamed out loud at some point during playing it Oh, so it's so it's, it's got it's cinematic. It's got suspense. That sounds uh, that sounds interesting. It's good fun. It's good fun. I will hope to hope to at some point bring a Vive along to an affiliate conference, and I can uh, cause a load of affiliates to uh, scream and leap around in amusing manners. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so stack that money is 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 really you know I've been in the in the sort of performance marketing space now since 
about 2005, and, and, and so I've done the whole circuit of the ad techs and the, um, the affiliate summits, and, and I've been sort of steeped in this, in this culture for a while, and, and sort of getting involved with Stack That Money has been interesting for me because it's sort of a, it's a really strong community feel uh, with, with the, you know, the, the forum members and the, the, the forum leaders like yourself. Uh, talk a little bit about, about why being involved in Stack That Money is important to you and what Stack That Money sort of means. Well, Stack That Money is like many, I think possibly all of the most interesting things in the internet, on the internet. And it wasn't really, it wasn't primarily put together as a world domination scheme. It was put together because there were a bunch of people who happened to be doing the same thing, who happened to have a passion for, in this case, making a lot of money through affiliate marketing. Um, it was originally founded by... Um, uh, Stackman, one of the users, um, and it had, I think, 50 members when it started, and it just grew organically. Um, I, I got involved with it after it's already become reasonably big, just about the time that I was, as I say, finishing my split testing um, uh, all possible forms of making money on the internet and had, had settled on internet marketing. And it doesn't feel, it doesn't have the kind of pushy. Um, Feel of everyone trying to get one over each other that uh, things like the Warrior Forum or um, I'm not going to name names, but uh, dodgier internet, dodgier internet marketing forums is always had a very very strong um, focus on helping helping others, and that's partially because affiliate marketing it is you know such a great opportunity to make money that there's a there's a kind of abundance mentality going on there. Um, the so rising why, tide raises all boats. Exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. It's very very much about that. And, a lot of the a lot of the people involved in um, you know the 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 admins and founders of STM are just be, are just they're just very generous about this stuff. I mean, I don't think there is anyone on STM's kind of um, moderation group who wouldn't wouldn't frankly be making more money if they took the time they put into STM and went and did something you know ran more campaigns or whatever. But it's it's such a rewarding experience that. Um, that's why we all. That's why we all do it to give back, and that's developed a really, really strong community and a really positive community as well, which is one of the things I really like about it. It's it's such an interesting space because there's so much with affiliate marketing that there's so much um, benchmarking that goes on. You know, when when someone finds something that works, it's sort of invariably people are going to jump on it and 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 people are going to take advantage of the learnings that are out there. So it, mm. it must be difficult to sort of strike the balance of an open sharing community while you know, it, it, while, while this much money is involved, and, and is there any like, how, how do you think you strike that balance in the in the affiliate community? Well, for me personally, I think there are. It's a bit of a give person give a man to fish versus teach them to fish. Um, obviously, there are always the fads that go through the internet market to, to the affiliate marketing community in particular. You know, there is the particular hot offer or offers. You know, there is the particular hot geo that's working very well this week, and. Obviously, people like to keep their individual campaigns or individual offers to themselves, but there is so much technique, skill, learning, technology application that you can easily teach someone else, and they're not going to end up in direct competition with you. You know, I've taught hundreds of people how to do the statistical math behind affiliate marketing, how to do, um, the, you know, efficiently build mobile landing pages, how to develop angles, how to think about. Um, the strategy of building a campaign, and I'd be astonished if very many of them have ever ended up in direct competition with me in any, you know, in any way that I would ever actually notice, because it is such a big world out there. 
So that that I think is that I think is the key. If you're, t- if you're teaching technique and if you're teaching stuff that is broadly applicable, and you're not just chasing, you know, the 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 trend of this particular thirty seconds. You know, today it's antivirus offer blah, tomorrow it'll be sweepstake offer foo. Um, then it becomes a, a lot more of a collegiate atmosphere. And at the end of the day, there's more traffic out there than we can possibly um, monopolize. You know, there's always there's always another traffic source. There's always another um, segmentation offer angle. You know, we affiliate marketers are barely touching one percent of the potential market out there. So there's a lot of blue. You know, to to be terribly terribly uh, cliche about this, there's a lot of blue ocean out there. Yeah, no, I agree. And also, if you, you know, you're putting yourself in a position to teach. You're, you know, you're also probably out there on the cutting, cutting edge, and more likely to find maybe the next thing that pops anyway. So if you're oh, sort of in that position, uh, you know, you're putting yourself in a good position, and if you're able to sort of help the community around you, it's probably just going to come back to you one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, just doing the research for STM, I have repeatedly come across things that have helped my own campaigns, my own marketing efforts in ways that I would have never, you know, never thought of because I wouldn't have been, I would have been much more results focused if I was just running my own campaigns. I wouldn't have been doing the research. I wouldn't have been trying to think, okay, what's what's the next step here? What's, what's the additional uh, value I can extract from this? Um, I mean, just for one thing, the actually the talk that I gave at um, Affiliate, World, uh, Affiliate World Asia um, had um, the new um, features for speed, massively speeding up offloading time, which I had just been rolled into a bunch of new browsers. I, fa- I only found those out because I was researching. If I'd, just, if I'd just been sitting there quietly running campaigns in the background, I probably wouldn't have found those for years. And the, the other thing is that you know, the old adage of if you, want to, if you want to learn, teach someone is absolutely true. I, you know, my ability to create angles, create campaigns, do the maths, do the optimization is so much stronger because I'm teaching other people and that forces me to think about it in different ways. Interesting. So speaking about thinking about things, thinking about the, the affiliate mindset, what do, you, what do you sort of think goes into sort of the ideal affiliate mindset these days for success? I think... In many ways, it is, it, it's not really changed. And I think one of the interesting things about affiliate marketing is it feels like it moves so fast. But actually, most of what we're doing is not only not changing as fast as it appears, but in many cases is identical to the direct marketers of, of the 1920s, 1930s, 1950s. Um, I was talking to Drew Whitman, who keynoted um, Affiliate World Europe, um, and it was fascinating how we were both just sort of ticking, ticking off the really ancient books on affiliate marketing, like uh, on, on performance marketing, like um, John Capel's like tested advertising methods. Um, so in terms of mindset, it's much the same as it has always been. It's always been fascinating to me as someone who, you know, people people have certainly claimed in the past that I'm quite smart. Um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of them... I'm British, so I have to be terribly, terribly modest about this. Yes, yes. Um, and, um, you know, obviously there are a lot of very, very clever people in this space. It's always fascinating to see that actually how clever you are is not the determining factor of whether or not you're going to succeed in affiliate marketing. Um, it's determination, pure and simple. It's whether or not you can believe in the process. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, there is cynicism is you know it's very it's very hip it's particularly hip in the age of social media there are various very good evolutionary reasons why it feels in many ways cleverer to assume that everything is a scam 
Um, but the fascinating thing about affiliate marketing is that you have to take a bit of a leap of faith that this dodgy making money on the internet thing could at all be true in order to even get involved in it. And once you're in it, having faith in the process, you know, doing your due diligence so you don't end up following uh, some random guru, but once you, once you think you have a process that appears to work and there are people who are doing it and they actually are, are achieving results, at the ability to have faith in the process is one of the biggest determinants in, of success because so many people will run two or three campaigns, they don't get any results, and they really start doubting and they start changing everything up and they start thinking, oh, you know, I need to find something new. And if you do that, you just end up failing every single time because you skip from thing to thing to thing and you never develop the deep knowledge necessary to succeed. And you never roll enough dice to, 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 to succeed either. Um, and the other thing is just bloody-minded determination. Um, it's always been something that um, all the, the models really succeed are the ones who just sit there and grind and refuse to let it and refuse to give up. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm probably uh, one of the least uh, determined of the uh, STM of the STM crew. There's some seriously um, bloody-minded people who will not let any anything stop them there, and that is something we notice time and time again in our students. Very, very clever people who will rapidly pivot away will often rapidly pivot away and they'll have success in another area. But it's just stick at it and just keep hammering until something, uh, until, a wall, until a wall comes down as the people who succeed. That's, that's an interesting approach. And it's, it's something, even just to be more literal about it, you, you have to have cojones. Yeah, yeah, because you have to put down your own money. That's that's the really interesting thing with performance marketing is that it, you know there's a mercenary aspect to it where you have to be willing to to, to shell out uh, funds for testing before you can ever really get the data enough to optimize to profitability. Is 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 that? Am I correct about that? Or, or, or have has it, has the system evolved to be able to be to to test smarter and to really limit your exposure um, before knowing if something works? My my eventual question is. What's the? It, do you have a benchmark for campaigns on on the return you're looking for on your first initial spend? Like, give me some numbers as to to, to sort of what you know what what's the most, for instance, you've you've lost before you before you knew that a campaign had potential, or or what is that first first uh, you know metric you're looking for for something that you should stick with? That's a really interesting question, and there's as many different answers to it um, as affiliates, I think. Um, to go back a little bit on the on the, on the um, I think this is one of the advantages I had coming in as a filmmaker. But I mean, as an as an entrepreneur in general, but particularly as a filmmaker, the idea of investing money and you know having a high chance of losing money is, I think, where a lot of affiliates tend to stumble. Um, but newer affiliates tend to tend to stumble. And there's been a lot of very smart writing about this over the years. Um, in particular, Finch, uh, who's written a lot of good books on uh, affiliate marketing, has um, talked a lot about the, the right way to approach the money that you're spending. And I tend to go with his approach that you should consider it an R&D budget. You are, you are doing research and development. It's just the same as research and development in any other field. And I've done a lot of this for film and various startups and this sort of thing. You are always sitting there pouring money into a big hole in the ground until suddenly, possibly, a massive geezer of money floods back out again. And in many ways, actually, affiliate marketing is, while it is more obvious that you are spending the money, and I think this is where people freak out, it's actually vastly cheaper in many ways than, for example, starting a startup, where you will spend, you know, one year plus developing this thing, pouring your money and your time, and you can't get your time back. 
into this single idea before you find out whether it's going to go into fountain money. The, the thing that really excited me about affiliate marketing when I got into it was um, the fact that I could launch these things in a single day. I could have at least some idea of whether or not they were going to work within a week. Um, in terms of fixed numbers, I'm afraid I'm going to do the typical thing and say I can't really give you them because everything is different. I, te I am very, very stringent about um, statistical significance about not running campaigns beyond the point where they are actually giving me useful data and this is one thing that I do see a lot of newer people making mistakes if you if you have achieved the point where you can make a mathematically solid prediction about whether or not a campaign is going to work or whether or not a landing page is going to work and you keep spending money beyond that you are at that point literally wasting money and that's why I like the research and development budget uh, metaphor is because it's not always good to be spending the money and I see a lot of people internalize the idea that yeah we need to buy we need to spend money to to um, to succeed but not cap their spend anywhere near as tightly enough um, as as they should do um, for example I, I will per, I personally will drop offers like a hot rock at the first uh, first sign of them not working I'm terribly cynical about offers um, oftentimes I'll work on a multiple of payout because that mathematically that works out to be pretty solid for um, predicting ROI um, if you spent, say, four times payout and you haven't seen a conversion, the odds are pretty solid that you are not going to achieve a higher ROI with that offer unless there was something else wrong in the funnel. Um, so I will tend to drop offers and campaigns very, very quickly if I see they, if I see they're not working. I cannot, off the top of my head, tell you of a campaign that I have spent huge amounts of money on without a very, very good without a very very solid expectation that, that it would work um some people will just keep pouring money in and plugging away and i think that's one of those things where if you're very good at something often you'll see in, in almost any um field of uh, any any skill people who are very good at things will do something that works because they are very good and it doesn't work if you're not and i see a lot of the best affiliates i know will just find an offer and they'll do the due diligence and they'll say yeah this clearly works other people are making money and they will just hammer away at it um until until it works for them and that's that's what some of the really big guys not all of them but some of the really big guys in the industry do but if you do that without having the level of skill and expertise and decision making that the really top affiliates do it's a great way to lose a lot of money because there there can be so many little things that can you know you, I, I saw your, your speech at, at AWE and just you know about page loads and you know just just very small details that the average person without maybe a lot of technical savvy uh, might not be able to hammer out on their own and it might be that it's it's all these small little little things that that can lead to the success or failure of a campaign so yeah, not having absolutely. the technical chops to be able to determine those. Well, it's not just about the technical stuff either. Like what, what you mentioned with the jewelry, with, with the jewelry affiliates um, about having more access. This is one thing to remember with with the top with the top affiliates. They will be able to move levers that you just can't. Like they will be working with you know. I can. I'm, I'm thinking of one person in particular. I won't. I won't name check here. Um, but I know him. If if he's running, if he's running an offer and it's not working, he won't just be looking at the technical details. He'll be phoning up the offer owner. He'll be going to their offices. He'll be sitting down with the guy in charge of the affiliate campaigns. He'll be saying, "Can we get new landing pages? Can we get the the servers on your end optimized? Can we do anything about the payouts? You know, what if we do this and this and this? How about a rev share offer?" And 
that's one of the things. If you're going to hammer away, you need to have access to every single lever you possibly can, because otherwise you'll you'll hammer away for six months and then discover the guys who you knew were making money on this offer were making money because they'd negotiated a payout that was forty percent higher than yours. Yeah, that's uh, I could I could see that happening. This is. This is always one of the things that whenever I talk about affiliate marketing, you know, GoToMobi is in a really interesting position where we have one foot firmly in the performance space uh, mm-hmm. and another foot firmly in the agency space. And, uh, you know, agencies don't appear to view their marketing spends like R&D, you know, they, yeah. because they're not they're not just not tracking as many of the important metrics that drive things forward. I'm really interested to see where this industry goes. And I think STM is kind of part of this process a little bit because there's a there's there's sort of increased legitimacy around what STM is doing I find and the movement of sort of appears to be real and and I'm meeting more and more for instance uh, marketers who have gone maybe in-house to an agency to, to run their digital team or have um, become a uh, you know the head of a programmatic platform or something like that and and so yeah. I, th- I think there's a bit of a migration happening between these two worlds or specifically from the performance space into the agency space where you get people who understand you know the levers of performance and are trying to bring that to the to the agency space do you have any thoughts on on that migration um, well, I mean, to a certain extent, it's uh, something that I've ended up doing. I I do quite a lot of um, consulting for companies who wouldn't wor- who wouldn't put together an affiliate uh, program, or who would maybe only work with two or three affiliates because running a public affiliate program has its own risks and its own difficulties. But they really want to get the performance uh, marketing mindset. So they hire me in as a mercenary. I come in. I um, either run run things for them or teach them to run run themselves and that works extremely well because they can outperform their competitors who are either working with no marketing mindset at all or they're working with much more of a kind of branding soft you know let's just get things out there you know the old thing of you can never tell which half of your marketing budget is working um this sort of canard and it means that you can as a performance marketer you can run rings around them Yes, this uh, I have some friends uh, again. I, I won't name drop, but who have been involved in some very high-profile political campaigns, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in in Victoria here, and sorry, the the, the political campaigns have been global, uh, and or, or you know at least at least uh, national, and uh, and they they got involved through this weird connection, but they're basically bringing the mindset of performance marketing through to political campaigns and they're actually in a lot of cases running ROI positive political campaigns which is something these campaigns haven't heard of simply because (laughs) they're optimizing towards donations they're building squeeze pages they're doing all these things that are actually you know motivating and manipulating people in ways that that were sort of unheard of before because you know you just get as as an agency you put out your one creative you put out your landing page and you you drive as much traffic towards it as possible, and that's how you make as an agency make the most money. Generally, yeah. is through scale. Um, but as more and more things become trackable, as more and more people's you know omnipresent mobile devices are around, uh, you know there's going to be more and more metrics that are that are able to, to to help determine quality and success and human viewability and you know all of these issues that are sort of. Yeah. In the, a, lot uh, of, a lot of the sort of cross, cross device um, attribution and moving away from the last click attribution model and so forth. It's very, it's very clear that there is a wider industry movement across advertising and whole, as a whole to you know wanting to have some idea what the hell's happening when we pay it, when we spend money. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, it's all. That, um, you mentioned the, politi- the, the political side, actually. I've seen quite a lot of affiliates and affiliate-related uh, affiliate people moving in a political direction as well. I've seen some, some people running big campaigns, some people running smaller campaigns. I mean, I've actually been using uh, my knowledge to run a certain amount of um, advocacy stuff um, just, on, just on things I'm interested in, not on a, not on a for-profit basis. But it, it is an astonishingly powerful skill set to have if you want to affect change, because rather than just going out there and shouting with the placard, which is not something I tend to think of as a highly effective political tool, <laughs> um, you can sit down, you can measure how much effect you're having, you can tell what, what message is resonating, what message is working. And it's really interesting that, for example, the 2012 Obama campaign had the best squeeze, one of the best squeeze pages I've ever seen. They, they have some seriously smart performance marketers on their team. Um, and I've just recently discovered that apparently at the last UK election, the UK, the Conservative government, were running some very affiliate-sounding Facebook campaigns. Uh, which one? For the, for the governmental campaign or for the most recent referendum? Uh, not for the referendum, but for the, um, for the general, general election. They were running a lot of target, highly targeted Facebook campaigns um, on a, what sounds an awful lot like a performance marketing basis. Interesting. So, it's, so it is happening. Um, oh. and, and the savvier agencies out there will, I think, will start to recognize because I know they're getting squeezed on all sides by clients right now. You know, there's a big migration happening where clients are, are bringing things in-house. Uh, agencies are bringing their buying in-house from vendors, this sort of mobile programmatic play um, that GoToMobi is, is quite interested in. Mm. Um, so I wanted to, I, I know we don't have a lot more time here, but I wanted to talk a little bit about automation. First of all, I wanted to say, if you ever get a chance to see Hugh at a conference, he's one of the most dynamic speakers. He's sort of willing to do almost anything for a laugh. He <laughs> is quite theatrical. Uh, it's, it's always very impressive, but he most recently did a speech on automation at the most, uh, recent affiliate world Europe conference. He actually, um, did a little work on GoToMobi's uh, API, which we have put out and are quietly accepting beta partners before we go with a, a wider launch. But just with our remaining few minutes here, just talk a little bit about automation in the industry, where you see that going and and, uh, and, and how you see affiliate marketers role with that. Well, kind of the, the pressy of the uh, talk I did at um, AWE, I, I, as you mentioned, I, I do tend to be quite theatrical. I started out um, raving about the robots, uh, the cyborgs who were coming into. Um, Take over, take over, and um, uh, put us all in the gutter. And the thing is, I wasn't really joking. Um, one of the biggest trends I have seen amongst the very, very top end affiliates. I mean, I do, you know, I, I do, I do very well, but I am not at the scale of some of the biggest affiliates in the industry. But I get the chance to see what they're doing and what they're really doing to uh, advance advance the industry. And in almost all cases, it is automation. Um, it's something I'm seeing more and more and more of. Uh, some very sophisticated stuff. I'm starting to see machine learning. I'm starting to see use of kind of um, programmatic models, random forests, this kind of thing. Um, and at the lower levels, seeing an awful lot of tool development and basically trying to automate as much of the process as possible. It's, it's, it's a very smart thing to do because um, an awful lot of affiliate marketing and an awful lot of performance marketing is based upon applying heuristics. Uh, applying rules and then taking a predictable set of actions based on those rules. And if you have any time you have a predictable uh, a, an action a rule which will which will cause a series of predictable results, that is the perfect time to use automation. So 
I mean, a lot of it is still what a, a tech guy would like me would think of as comparatively simple stuff. And um, things like auto bidders, auto blockers, you know, this is this is not complex programming. But what's really interesting, and I, I think possibly quite alarming for an awful lot of um, marketers, is the move into machine learning, deep learning type tools, because these things can draw insights out from campaigns that humans just couldn't and they can operate campaigns in ways that human just humans just couldn't um and i mean this is this is happening all over um it's been very interesting what's what's happened to the poker world because the poker world is a very close analog of the affiliate marketing space in a lot of ways there are a lot of very similar mindsets and similar strategies a lot of similar elements um and uh, my girlfriend used to be a professional poker player so um, I, I've got quite an insight into this world. And one thing that's been very interesting is first in Limit Poker and more recently in No Limit Hold'em, um, No Limit Texas Hold'em, um, there have been players appearing who are playing in completely new ways, like totally new, breaking every single law of poker. You're not, not playing even the basic strategies as you would expect them to. And it, people have analysed this and come to the conclusion that these have to be Deep learning bots, the same kind of thing Google developed to beat the world Go champion. Um, and these things just work in a totally different way. I'm actually kind of worried as to, you know, when those things, when those bots start entering performance marketing, we're going to start seeing them developing strategies that humans couldn't have conceived of. And while, while that will be very interesting to watch, it is also going to mark a new phase in how competitive the industry becomes. For, for people that can can wield these bots, essentially people that actually know, who's the thinker? I forget who always says program or be programmed. Yeah, uh, I... his name escapes me right now. But but anyways, that's something I see that that ability to to, to control this AI is going to going to be a determiner of success in the in the near future. I think the really interesting thing about um, learning algorithm bots is that you can't control them. Um, I mean, this is something that's that's coming up with Europe. The European legislation that compels people to that compels people like Facebook to be able to say why um, people have seen a certain uh, number of new things in their newsfeed and so on. They're, they're looking for transparency in the filter bubble. But the interesting thing is Facebook are pushing back and saying, "Well, yeah, we can't do that. We literally cannot do that. We have built this system. We have no idea why it's doing the thing it's doing." And this is going to be the same thing if you, if you're running these poker bots. World, you know, the the top players at the World Poker Championships are studying the plays of these bots because they're doing stuff that is just it's the best way for them to learn. It's the best way for for them to come up with something that no one has ever seen before. Um, and likewise in affiliate marketing, if you're running a deep learning bot, what you're mostly going to be doing is standing back and letting the thing run. And at some point, you'll dive into your campaigns and you'll discover that it's weirdly optimized so that it allows everyone from Tallahassee and Mongolia and half of a particular um, chunk of Australia to see this one campaign which is entirely weird flashing um, images that don't make any, any sense but somehow, somehow you strangely want to uh, install an antivirus after you see them. Subliminal. This really is going to be at that level. It's going to be at that level where you have to, you, you run your bot and you make a lot of money and then at some point you get curious as to what the hell it's doing and you literally have to spend years sitting there trying to figure out what the hell it did. Wow. Well, one thing is clear, Hugh, we're going to have to do this again, maybe a, a second yeah. parter where we can more specifically dive into maybe some of these more interesting esoteric topics that I love to plumb. So anyway, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program today. I know you got a hard stop here. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, so how can people find you if they want to get in touch? Uh, are you are you a Twitter person? Are you, I know you're active on the forums. Um, yeah, the best the best way to get in contact with me is uh, on the forums, um, at the SDM forum. Um, you can find me under Calman. That's C A U R M E N. Um, failing that. Um, I do tweet. I do tweet at uh, Twitter, Hugh Hancock, um, but that is almost exclusively about uh, my creative projects. Feel free to get in touch anyway. But um, if you follow me, expecting to uh, sit here get affiliate marketing tidbits, I'm afraid mostly what you're going to get is hilarious stories of um, things going wrong, wrong in virtual reality. Um, <laughs> and failing that, um, if anyone wants to get in contact, Calman at gmail.com. Always happy to hear from people. Fantastic. Make, if you're on the, the Vibe platform, make sure you check out Left Hand Path and uh, let, let Hugh know what you think of it. It's, uh, it's an exciting space you're playing in, and uh, thank you for your insight into, into all these things. No worries. It's been really good fun. Okay. Bye, Hugh. Cheers.